Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. All right, but y'all know we continue with this current sermon series where we've been talking about standing in love. You know, we, we've got to stop falling or failing at love. We got to get this love thing right. And so God has us again here in another sermon series where he's talking about love. We have got to stand, rise up, got to be stirred up. We got to take, keep pay attention, you know, while we're in this thing called love. Amen. So listen, y'all know, regardless of your age, your weight, or your flexibility, we're going to flip like some gymnasts over to the book of Romans chapter number seven. The book of Romans chapter number seven, and we're going to land a perfect 10 on Romans chapter number seven, verse number 18. Amen. If you can indulge me, but let's honor God for the reading of his word. Amen. You can please stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Here begins the reading of God's word. Romans chapter number seven, starting at verse number 18. And the word of the Lord reads, this is for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. You can be seated in the presence of the living God. And just for contextual purposes, there was another scripture over in Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter number 13 at verse number eight. And it says this here, it says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law he for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law so owe no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law amen so what we see is the law was fulfilled the law was fulfilled because christ told us remember we understand christ never came to do away with the law but he came to fulfill the law. We understand that the law was fulfilled by the means of how he loved, the demonstration of love, him coming, you know, to obey what the father sent him to do, to come and die, thereby making it possible for us to be reconciled back to the father. It was through the demonstration of love that Christ came and died upon the cross, became the sins that we committed. The Bible lessons on that he never committed a sin, but he became our sin so that, you know, it was satisfied the wrath of God, allowing us thereby being uh, able to be reconciled back to the Father. So it was through the demonstration of love that the law has been fulfilled. And so Jesus told us, even in our foundational scripture in the book of John, you know, it talks about how, you know, God has given a new commandment. And this new commandment that he's given is for us to love one another. And it's by us loving one another as believers that the world is going to know that we are indeed the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's how we love one another as believers that everyone else would know that we are true disciples of Christ. So that's coming from our foundational scripture in the book of John chapter number 13, right? So we understand that it's, it's how we love. This thing is about love. We got to stop failing or falling at love or failing in love you understand so as we come here to the book of romans right 
I like Paul. Paul, outside of David and Jesus Christ, Paul is one of my favorite characters. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah. Paul is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because I like Paul's realness, his honesty, his transparency. And, and, and definitely in chapter number seven, he, he opens up and shows us this transparency as he begins to get real, talking about the different things that he deals with, you know, uh, as, as being a spiritual man, but also as being a, a natural or carnal man at the same time. So uh, this duality, this dual nature that he has uh, being a spiritual man as well as a physical man. So I, I like the transparency that Paul brings to us and he gives to us, right? So in this book of Romans, we understand that Paul is talking to the, those believers at the church at Rome that is mostly made up of Gentile believers with, with the few being Jewish believers. And we understand one thing about the apostle Paul, He's known as the apostle to the Gentiles. God had given him a message of grace, uh, letting us know that through this grace, all can be saved and now being grafted into the family of the beloved and the same promises that, that was meant for the children of Israel or the people of Israel is now, you know, uh, we all can partake of these uh, same promises as we have uh, uh, come into the knowledge of that Jesus Christ is indeed our Lord and Savior. We confess our sins and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. So this allows us the same access to the promises that the people of Israel had. And so we have now been included into the family of the beloved. So this is who Paul is talking to, right? And we see as Paul moves through the chapters, when we get here in verse, uh, our chapter number seven, right? He begins to talk about this other law that is working, this law of sin, right? And so before I get ahead of myself, you know, uh, 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 the title of today's sex, we're going to be talking about an undercover agent. We're going to be talking about an undercover agent. As we were talking about standing in love, we're talking about an undercover agent, amen? And while we may find it difficult at times to actually love in the manner that God says we're supposed to love, uh, so that the love of God is on display, uh, uh, where people are not just experiencing us, but they're experiencing the presence of God as we love on them, or as the love of God is made manifest through us toward them. Amen. So when we come here uh, again, uh, that point that I made for contextual purposes in Romans chapter number eight, where it talks about, oh, no man, nothing but to love one another, right? Oh, no man, nothing but to love one another, right? It says, for he that loveth another half fulfilled the law for contextual purposes. So the law is fulfilled based upon the love, 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 right? So for contextual purposes. Now, when we come down to verse number 18, it says, for I know, this is what Paul says. He says, for I know that, that, that in me, that in me, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but to how to perform that which is good, I find not, right? So I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to keep with, with, with a thing that I've been doing currently through this term services, where I give you some definitions, right, for the word love, uh, for the word no, for the word stand, uh, to help us understand it from a, a, a Hebraic perspective as well as a Greek perspective, right? And so what we've been talking about, some, some definitions for the word love from the Hebrew perspective is this right here. Love is simply defined as uh, it's, it's, it's man's love toward mankind or, or uh, the love between a man and a woman. Then we talk about love also means a sexual desire. Uh, it means to cling or to join to, desire or delight in. Human love for another, where you're talking about having love for your family. It also means human love for God, and it means God's love for mankind. Then in the Greek, you'll find definitions for the word love, like love for persons, to be fond of, to be welcoming, to entertain, um, 
Talks about to love dearly, to be a friend, to approve of, to treat affectionately, brotherly love, goodwill, or love feast. Like, like love feast, sitting down and breaking bread with people love feast, right? So those are some of the definitions for the word love from the Hebraic and the Greek perspective. Then when you talk about the word no, and I'm showing you this because a lot of these words have some of the same uh, uh, meanings defined that, that is letting us understand these words a little bit better, right? So when you think about the word no, in the Hebrew, it talks about to know, to learn, to perceive, to be acquainted with, to understand, or intercourse, intercourse, intercourse. We understand the word no is used for intercourse when the Bible talks about Adam, Eve, all intercourse, right? And we understand intercourse is not just limited to, you know, the sexual aspect, but intercourse, we found out intercourse communication itself also means intercourse, uh, being intimate. Even when we talk about intercourse, we're talking about intimacy, intimacy, right? And so a definition for the word intimacy is this right here. Intimacy is defined as close, or warm friendship, close or warm friendship. Uh, definition number two for the word intimacy talks about a feeling of being intimate and belonging together, a feeling of being intimate and belonging together. Definition number three for the word intimacy talks about concerning things deeply private and personal. Uh, so concerning those things that are deeply private and personal. And then definition number four for the word intimacy talks about getting naked or free before God, right? In other words, I talked about last week how some of us are still going into the presence of God with armor on and we're still fighting, right? And because you have that armor on, you have not gotten naked, you have not got free before God. This is why most of us still find ourselves fighting the will of God, because every time you look down at yourself, you see the armor that you still have on, which makes it difficult for you to just yield, right? My armor reminds me that I'm a warrior, that I'm supposed to fight. But when you take it off, you see I'm free of, of, of those garments that remind me I should be fighting, but I can now rest in the presence of God. I can be free. I can be naked in the presence of God, just being honest with God, allowing God to embrace me for who I am, and I am return embracing God right so that's intimacy right? that's intimate so so again coming back to the word no now the greek terms for the word no means to learn to know to get knowledge to become thoroughly acquainted with to know accurately to understand and it also means to cherish or have regard for one have regard for one so those are some of the definitions for the word no now when we talk about the word stand right stand can be defined as sexual intercourse and i thought that was very interesting that the word stand could be defined as sexual intercourse oh y'all know i said it before you got to stand up and you you know a relational term right uh, I, I i'm trying my best to work on a message because you know me i want to put it out there stand up and yes i, I i'm uh, let me move on. Stand means sexual intercourse or speaking to the intimacy. It also means to draw near or to approach. Stand means to, to station oneself, to arise. It means to remain. It means to stand with someone. It means power to stand, uh, to be proven, to be fulfilled. Now, in the Greek, stand is defined as in the presence of others. It also means to cause a personal thing to keep his or its place. It means to persevere. It means to arouse or stir up. Stand is also defined as to show oneself, uh, to be present, to exist. So those are words that we talk about when we've been breaking down what it is to stand in love, to help us understand it from a Hebraic and Greek context, right? So now we understand, oh, no man, nothing but to love one another, right? 
And it's through us loving one another that the law was fulfilled, right? And we see in, in, in Romans chapter 7, Paul begins to talk about this law of sin, right? This law of sin. So in the same fashion, this word sin, here is some Hebraic and Greek context to help us understand what the word sin entails. Sin is defined as one, simply sin. Sin is defined as sin. Number two, sinful, talking about a sinful nature. Uh, number three, it talks about an offense, right? Sin is also defined as to miss or, or miss the way or go wrong or to miss the mark or a sin offering. Now, when you dive into the Greek understanding or Greek perspectives of sin, sin is defined as to miss the mark again. So two definitions talking about the same thing, or it talks about to err, you know, when you make an error, to err. Uh, it also talks about to wander from the path of uprightness and honor. Sin is also again defined as an offense. And sin is our last definition in the Greek perspective for the word sin is an evil deed, an evil deed, right? An evil deed. So understanding that when, when we come, Paul tells us in, in verse number 18, for I know, he says, for I know uh, that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find out. Uh, he starts out by saying, for I know that in me, right? Now, this word in, in the Greek context, it helps us understand, it's talking about uh, uh, talking about the state, the position or place of something, right? And so what Paul is talking about in me, the state of who he is as being a human being, a human, the state of my human nature, the state of my human flesh, right? So he says, for I know that in the state of me as a human being, in the state of my human flesh, right? That is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, right? And so to help us understand, let's break down what this flesh is, right? Flesh flesh, one of the definitions that stood out to me is this right here. Flesh is simply defined as it is the animal nature, right? With cravings, which incite to sin. So this animal nature, meaning this wild, untamed nature, that's what we have when we're talking about this flesh. There is this wild, untamed nature that we have about ourselves that has cravings, that, that is saying it must be fed. There were certain things that I desire. And, and listen, my hunger is only going to be satisfied based upon these things that I crave. It talks about this animal nature, this wild or untamed nature with cravings, which incite, meaning to stir up, to arouse the sin, to get me to move towards sin. This is what this flesh is doing. And we understand we all have this flesh and it is prone to sin. It, it is a sinful nature that we have. It is a sinful nature that we have. And this is why we need the salvation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because it's through the Holy Ghost, it's through the word of God that God helps us to defend ourselves from this flesh, to help discipline this flesh, so that we're no longer uh, being governed by the flesh, but we're led by the spirit of God. We, 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 we follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. We live according and govern our lives according to the word of God. Not, not, not being driven by these, these natural cravings that this flesh strongly desires. And, and, and moving to go and satisfy this flesh by, by, by going to capture these desires that, that we crave. Right. So Paul is saying, listen, this flesh. Is wild and it is untamed. This is why there is a need for discipline in our lives because this flesh is telling us this animal nature of ours. It is wild and it is untamed. 
Do you hear what I say? It is wild and it is untamed. It can be impulsive. It can be unpredictable, this flesh. This is why we got to stay in the word. This is why you must be filled with the Holy Ghost to bring a discipline in your life. As disciples, we should have discipline. As disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we should have discipline. For 33 and a half years, this man walked the earth and sinned not one time. You talk about discipline to the max, that is discipline. It's possible to have discipline. And this is the thing. We don't have to sin. It's a choice when we sin. Every time each one of us sin, we chose to sin. We chose. We don't have to sin. It's a choice. It's a choice, right? But understand what this flesh is, again, it's this animal or wild, untamed nature, right? Where cravings, which in sight, will stir up to sin. It stirs us up to sin. This untamed, wild nature of ours stirs us up to go and sin. To go, and, and like we said, some of these definitions that we talked about for the word sin, right? It stirs us up to do what? To wander from the path of uprightness and honor. It stirs us up what? To miss the mark. That's what it does. It stirs us up the coals and offense, whether we offend God or offend others or offend ourselves. Understanding that our bodies are the living temples of the Holy Ghost. And, and if we are not taking care of these temples right so that the Holy Ghost can abide, it is an offense not just to God, but to ourselves. So it stirs us up what, to, to go wrong, to go the wrong way. It stirs us up. This is what you got to understand about sin. It talks about one of the words is it's an occasion, which when you look up the word occasion, it's talking about it is an opportunity. Sin now becomes an opportunity. For all these different things, when you talk about, when you look at the works of the flesh, it, this is what sin presents, the works of the flesh, an opportunity to be made manifest inside this physical nature of ours. Sin gives an, an occasion or gives it an opportunity for the works of the flesh to be made manifest. So this, this wild, untamed nature, it incites or it stirs us to do what? To, to, to error, to miss the mark. And again, to cause an offense. So he says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He's telling us there's, there's nothing good that dwells in my flesh. Nothing dwells good in this flesh. And I can appreciate the honesty, the transparency of Paul, you know, being who he is. And we see he had a, a, a radical encounter with the Lord God. But yet there is a humility and there is an honesty, a transparency about me. He said, listen. Listen, I'm an apostle, but notice he, he talks about himself. I'm the chiefest of sinners. <laughs> you understand? I appreciate that. And he's saying that, that there's nothing good that dwell in my flesh. He says, for to will is present with me. For to will is present with me, right? And, and, and this word to will, he's talking about uh, to intend, to desire, and to love. To intend, to, meaning I have the intent, right? For to will is present with me. Uh, uh, I intend to do what's right. I desire to do what's right. I want to love to do the right thing. Because of my love for God, because of my love for others, I want to love to do the right thing. I, I want to be found standing in love. This is what he's saying when he said, okay, to will, right, is present with me. To will is present with me. The desire to be right. The desire to do love right is present with me. The intention to do love right is present with me. For the will is present with me. 
but how to perform that which is good, I find not, right? He says, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. And so this word to perform means to work out, right? Which when you say to work out, in other words, to get certain results. He's saying to get certain results, right? But how to perform that which is good, I find out. In other words, on how to get these certain results that I'm looking for, I, I, I can't find it. I, I just simply don't know how. I know what I should be doing. I know what I desire to do. I know what my intent is to do. I know what my love is to do, but, but I can't seem to find how to perform this thing, how to get the desired results. Do you know somebody, and can you relate, when you've been there, there are results that you know you want to capture, but you just can't seem to find how to reach those results. I can see them, but I can't quite put my hand on the results. You understand that? If there's one thing I hate, I hate looking at my results across across the way from me. You understand? I feel like the enemy is teasing me because my results are across the way. I can see them, but I can't quite grab them. I can't grasp it. I can't put my hands on it. I can't lock it in. I can't lock it down. I can't allow it to be made manifest in my life. And I feel like the enemy is antagonizing me by allowing me just to see what God has said I'm supposed to be, what God said I'm supposed to do. But I can't get quite get the results that God is seeing supposed to be according to his divine will. I just can't seem to get these desired results. You, you know, I'm talking about making plan after plan after plan after plan and changing up my plan and erasing some things in my plan and, and, and switching up some things in my plan and rearranging some things in my plan, but still feeling like I fail when it comes to allowing this plan or the purpose of the divine will to be made manifest in my life. But how to perform that thing that I've written down? You tell us, write the vision to make it plain. I wrote the vision, but I can't seem to get the desired results of the vision. And I've done the simplistic thing of your word, which is to write the vision, and I made it plain, God. To, it's understandable to whoever reads it, but I can't seem to get the desired results of this thing. And Paul and let us know the reason why some of us cannot get the desired results. It's because of this flesh. It's, it's because of this sin that dwells on the inside, this undercover agent that abides on the inside. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. Uh, if, if you're like me, sometimes you find yourself apologizing quite a bit throughout your day, right? Uh, you find yourself saying, I, I, I didn't mean to do that because the good thing, I can't seem to find the good thing. And my intent, my desire, and my love is to do the right thing. Uh, you, you understand, to, to allow the love of God to be made manifest in my relationship with you, but I can't seem to do the right thing because I can't always find the right thing. The good thing seems to hide from me. You got to understand. The good thing seems to hide from me. But later down in these same scripture, Paul lets us know, evil is always present, 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 visible. You got that. But the good thing seems to be uh, 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 invisible. It seems to be hidden from me. And that's the thing that I'm searching for. That's the thing that I want to be made manifest. It's the good thing, but that's the thing that I struggle to find. And because I struggle to find it, it becomes difficult to make it manifest or to walk in it or to make application of it. Do you follow what I'm saying? Uh, we're talking about this undercover agent that's, that's, that's making it difficult for us to love, for the love of God to be a display in our lives, for, for the love of God to be on display in our lives, right? So Paul then tells us, he says, for the good 
that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Is there anybody that 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 that, that feels you can relate? You just understand exactly what Paul is talking about. For the good that I would, the good that I would like to do, the good that I know that I'm capable of doing, the good that I desire to do, the good that I intend to do, the good that I would love to do. This is for the evil which I would not, that I do. The thing that I know that I should not be doing, <laughs> this is what I find myself doing versus the thing that I know that I should be doing, that good thing. But I find myself, uh, you know, occasionally, more often than not, uh, uh, doing the evil thing, doing the evil thing, right? So when he says that this, 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 for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do, that I do this. I do, and the Greek is talking about that's the thing that I practice, right? He said it's the evil thing that I practice because of the sin that is in me, because there is no good thing that dwells in this flesh, and so because the sin that is locked inside of this flesh, I find myself practicing sin. Now, I truly believe Paul was speaking of uh, his nature before he became a believer. You know, I, 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 I don't think Paul, as he's writing or penning this gospel, that he was just practicing sin, per se. Now, because he's human, I think he might have had moments, instances, and things of that nature right there. But he's given us a breakdown so that we can truly understand what is happening, right? The good thing is what I want to do. The good thing is what I know I should be doing, right? But, but I find myself consistently falling into the evil thing. Practicing the evil thing is what he said. That's what I do. The e I practice the evil thing. And, and, and y'all know if you if you love anything sports, they tell you what practice makes what perfect. And some of us have perfected doing the evil thing. We have perfected doing the evil thing. I wish I had some help right about here. Yeah, yeah. I have perfected this thing because I practice that. Yeah, I, I, I practice evil in my sleep. It, it, I mean, you know, it's just become second nature to me. I can go to bed with something good on my mind and then all of a sudden have what we call a nightmare or a night terror, a bad dream, whatever you want to call it. And in my bad dream, my nightmare, night terror, I find myself practicing sin. You understand? Doing something inappropriate in my dream, saying something inappropriate in my dream that, that was not pleasing to the Lord, that was not bringing God any glory. So I practice this thing so much that even in my unconscious state, I find myself doing that that is evil. You got to understand, Lord, Lord, help me because I practice it. And see, you can put in so much practice till it just becomes second nature to you, right? I remember playing basketball. I, I, would, I would deliberately work on my, my weaker hand, which is my left hand, till it got to the point that I could shoot. I could do a layup on my left hand. I could shoot a jump shot with my left hand. I could dunk back in the day when I could dunk. I could dunk with my left hand. You got to understand what I could do with my right hand became equally what I can do with my left hand. Why? Because I put in the practice, the practice, the practice. I wanted you not to be able to tell which was my dominant hand. That's how much practice I put in with my left hand. Then it became second nature, second nature, right? And so to, to practice is, 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 is to perform something repeatedly, to, to, to keep on doing this thing, to perform it repeatedly, to, to perform it repeatedly, or, or it is something that is done habitually. Uh, out of habit, you do this thing, right? It, it has become a habit, second nature for us to move and operate in this evil flesh or this evil nature. 
practice this thing. And, and, and the reality, if we can just be real, you've been practicing this thing since you came into this earth realm. Oh, yes. You've been practicing on how to manipulate people. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? From a baby laying on your back in the crib, you was manipulating your mama. Yep. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. So guess what? Manipulation comes easy to you. It becomes easy to you. Around about two years old when you was lying and telling nobody, listen, your mama asked you, did you get a cookie? And, and you trying to tell her no. But she looking at all the chocolate chip on the side of your mouth. She just said, I can't believe my baby's lying to me. Nobody taught you how to lie. It's that simple nature, right? That sinful nature. It is that sinful nature. And so you've been practicing how to lie for a long time. You've been practicing how to rebel for a long time. You've been practicing on how not to be uh, in, in loving relationships for a long time, right? Because again, based upon you, when you think about how you define love, what is love defined as to you? Listen, you put conditions on all of your relationships, thereby making it impossible for somebody to get close to you. So you've been practicing on how not to have close, intimate relationships relationship for a long time. This is why we keep failing or falling in love rather than standing in love. Practicing. It has become a habit for us to do the evil thing. To do the do the evil thing. You've been practicing on cutting your eye for a long time. You've been practicing on having thoughts, uh, you know, words in your mind when you know you should be silent. That's why God has to get, get very direct with some of us and say, shut up. Because he understands. You understand what shut up means. A lot of times he'll tell you, mm-mm. He'll just say, mm-mm. He'll say, be quiet. Mm-mm. Be quiet. Don't you say anything. But we act like that is not enough to, to allow us to follow what God is saying. So God has to almost downright get aggressive with us and speak in a manner that we know we are not going to ignore. He has to just come out and say, shut up, shut up. Don't you say not another word. Shut your mouth right now because it has become habit for us to do the evil thing. It has become habit for us to do the evil thing, the evil thing, the evil thing. I'm pushing toward verse number 20, y'all. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I hope y'all praying for me. I'm pushing toward verse number 20. He says, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me, right? And it's from this passage of scripture that we, we get, we get, we get, we get the title of the text, the undercover agent, right? So understand, he says, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me, right? So understand. I want you to look at something. He says, now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it. That thing I know I should not be doing. But if I find myself doing it, I recognize. And see, this is why Paul can talk about now there is no more condemnation. Because he understands it's not me, but there is something in me. Something in me that is causing me to do the thing that God is not pleased with. Oh, this uh, this is why Paul was able to write about no condemnation. I, I'm not about to condemn myself because uh, I've been free by the blood. I've been I've been set free by the words of my testimony. I'm overcomer. You got to understand. But I cannot overlook that there is something on the inside of me, something called sin. Sin. Uh, I remember seeing this, this, this message about sin. It's a short word, but has a long sentence. A short word, but it has a long sentence. A short word, but it has a long sentence. Oh, yes, yeah, sin, this three-letter word, the power of this three-letter word. He says, now, if I do that, I would not. There's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So what, what Paul is saying is the sin that dwells in me. 
So the undercover agent that is working under the cover of flesh is seen. The reason why I can't stand in love, the reason why I can't have healthy, proper relationships, uh, all I got to do is begin to decipher through the sins of my life. And this is what keeps me from having healthy, proper, intimate relationships, why I keep falling in love, why I keep failing at love. It is because of the sin that is in my life, the sin that dwelleth in me, Paul talks about. Sin is the undercover agent. Sin is the undercover agent that is dwelling on the inside of me, right? Uh, you got to understand, we're talking about this undercover, right? When you talk about the word in, it, it dwelleth in me, right? It, 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 the implications of sin, right? And, and this word implication is talking about something that causes you to be entangled. It's an action of entangling, right? Sin entangles you, it ties you, right? Paul tells us in the book of Galatians, don't go entangle yourself again with the yoke of bondage. The sin, the sin that brings you to a place where you are bound. He tells you, don't go back and entangle yourself with it. So what I'm showing you is sin. When you talk about sin, the sin that is in me, it entangles you. It ties you to it. It tangles you, wraps you up, causing you to be bound to it. That's part of the implication uh, for this word in, the sin that dwelleth in me, right? Then one of the other definitions, it talks about the instrumentality, right? The instrumentality, which is defined simply as something used to achieve an end. So this sin that is on the inside of us, the enemy uses to achieve a means on the inside of us, a, a, a desire in, a desire result because of the sin. He, he, he utilizes this sin to try to capture us, to hold us bound. There is a desired result the enemy wants from us through the means of sin, right? And so now, when you think about this instrumentality, uh, 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 because it's the sin that dwelleth in me, this instrumentality, where we get this word from, it begins to talk about an agent, right? And what we know an agent is to be is is one engaged in undercover activities, undercover activity. So under the cover of flesh, we find sin engaged in activities that is working on the inside of us. Remember, we talked about the cravings of this flesh, this, this wild, untamed animal nature that has cravings, right? That incite or stir up to sin, right? So engaged in undercover activities, a part of these undercover activities are the cravings, these strong desires that that you have that are not pleasing to God that goes contrary to the will the word and the purposes of God right this is the sin acting under the cover of flesh this undercover agent that abides on the inside of us if you're not careful right if you're not careful there are days there are days there are days there are days right when you got your mind set on the things of God when you got your heart set on on the things of God when you've made a decision I am going to please God because I understand who God has created me to be and I understand what God has created me to do, right? And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, right? You, you find yourself trying to just be who God called you to be, right? And out of nowhere, there are days where something begins to just rise up, right? Something just begins to just, you know, out the blue, out the blue, out the blue. You just, it just happens unexpectedly, right? Uh, uh, you understand something begins to just begin to manifest. Something begins to try to pull you uh, out of the presence of God, pull you 
away from the, the things of God where you got your mindset, not just your mindset, but your eyes and your heart are set on pleasing God to do the right thing. And out of nowhere, what in the father just happened? You got to understand. You see something, this undercover agent right here called sin, something would just pop up, right? This strange thing, this crazy looking thing, this thing wants to feed into my desires, uh, pushing me, uh, you know, hurting me like a sheep toward these this, uh, uh, cravings that want to bring this pleasure to God. You got to help me. Somebody help me, God. It's this undercover agent called sin that is working in my life. Every time my mind seems to be made up that I'm going to do it God's way, something begins to sneak up out of nowhere. This undercover agent begins to rise out of nowhere, and I find myself struggling to do the will of God. I find myself struggling to obey. I find myself struggling to submit to the things of God. I find myself struggling with loving folk. I now find myself isolating, pulling back from people, not answering phone calls, not returning text messages, making excuses and reasons why I can't come and participate at certain things. It's because this agent of sin, this undercover agent keeps finding a way to rise up in my life at unexpected times. Uh, you know, in the most inopportune times, I, I feel like I prayed real good at five o'clock this morning. Yeah, I feel like God met me real good. But by the time 10 o'clock rolls around, the undercover agent seems to be making itself visible all over again, uh, trying to remind me of something of my past. Uh, through the spirit of memory, you got to remember. See, see, we underestimate the power of memory. We underestimate the power of memory. The enemy tries to replay things that we've gone through and things that we've experienced and, and things that were spoken to us throughout days in our lives, right? And he uses the power of memory to try to seduce us and try to bring us back to a place of hurt, a place of contentment. Oh, you got to understand this undercover agent called sin is just rising up, consistently rising up. When I felt like I was in a good place, when I felt like, you know what, I finally feel like I can breathe. I finally feel like I'm making forward progress. But out of nowhere rises this agent, this undercover agent, and begins to pull me down. And I find myself, I feel like I'm slowly drowning. Like, I'm calling and I'm crying out for help, saying, God, help me. But it feels and seems like God is far away. But it seems like this undercover agent has bound me in such a way that I can't even call out for help. I can't even reach for help. I can't even extend my hands. I can't even wave my hands saying to let somebody know I'm in trouble because this undercover agent has wrapped me up in such a way we talk about the this entangling this undercover agent, the whole time undercover, undercover, didn't even understand, working undercover for the enemy's purposes to, to be made manifest in my life. I, I wish I had some help right about here. This strange thing. And a lot of times it's not a strange thing. It's something that you're familiar with. For some of us, there are that times the enemy will use that strange thing. Like, 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 like think about for those of us in, in relationships, covenant relationships, right? Um, the enemy will try to mess with you and make you feel like, okay, listen, don't you think you want a piece of strange or uh, uh, some strange thing? You got to understand. But when it's not the strange thing, it is the familiar thing. The thing that you know, the thing that you are familiar with, you got to, uh, you, you, you understand the, the familiar thing. It's the familiar thing that the undercover agent rises up with. That thing that I thought I beat two years ago, that thing that I believe God delivered me from, I was making good progress. But on the last day of the month, that strange thing, that, that familiar thing, that undercover 
drama and just rose up and it made me, oh, it just, it just, I felt like it just, it just snatched my victory from me. I said, God, I was about to have one month under my belt, God, where I didn't fall prey to this mess. I was about to have two weeks under my belt, God, where I was sin free, God. I was masturbation free, God. I was fornication free, God. I was cussing free, God. I was rebelling free, God. But, 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 that familiar thing, the undercover of agent of sin rose up unexpectedly, God, to try to wrap me up. I, I, I wish I had some help right there. And that's why I'm struggling with love because, see, I, I feel shame that I fell prey to this thing again. I feel shame that the undercover agent wrapped me up again. I'm saying to myself, how did I get here while trying to get there? How did I get here by trying to get there, God? I knew where I was headed. I knew where I was supposed to go, God. I knew how to get there, but some way, somehow, God, this undercover agent has wrapped me up, God, and has got me off course, God. I felt that at one point I was getting so close to you, God. Now it seems like, God, I'm so far away, God. I, I, I feel like I don't know how to worship anymore, God. I feel like I don't know how to pray anymore, God. I feel like I can't study anymore, God. I feel like it's hard to get revelation now, God. I feel like don't nobody understand where I am, God, who I am right now, God, because of this undercover agent of sin that is working in my life, God. But all I can do now is, God, is cry out for help, God. I need your help. But even in me crying out for help some days, God, I feel like I am so far away that you can't even hear me crying out, God. I feel like I'm left all alone to my lonesome, God, to deal with this undercover agent on my own, God. And if I'm really being honest, God, right now, God, this undercover agent has got the best in me, God. He knows and she knows what move I'm going to make, God. It seems as though when I go this way, the agent blocks me, God, because it's been studying my habits, God. It's been studying my ways, God. It knows me forwards and backwards, up and down, God. It knows my inner work is my inner thoughts, God. And when I try to get away from it, God, it always seems to have one step ahead of me, God. Beating me to the way of escape. I can see the way of escape, God. You prepared it for me, God. Through the temptation, you said that you will provide a way of escape, God. By the time I get to the way of escape, it appears as if the undercover agent has beat me to the way of escape, blocking me, causing me to remain in this place of being bound longer, God. And if you don't help me, God, I, I, if I'm being honest, God, this thing is messing with my mind, God. Praying about the same thing, and I haven't saw change. They tell me doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. That's insanity, God. And if I'm being honest, God, some days, God, praying about the same thing, God, and not seeing a change come forth, God. I feel like this is insane, God. I feel like this is crazy, God. Praying about the same thing, God, and not seeing change, God. This undercover agent, God, got me messing with my mind now. Can I really be free? Is there really liberty for me? Does he really love me the way he wants me to believe or how the word says? Am I valuable enough for God to come and save me? God, Do I matter enough for the kingdom of God, for the purposes of God, that God will come and deliver me? Do my matter? If I matter, God, why nobody has picked me up yet, God? Why nobody was sensitive to call it and check on me, God? Why nobody came, God, and said, you all right? What's going on with your spirit? Listen, listen, I haven't sensed you praying in the realm of the spirit, God. Why nobody has picked me up yet, God? As bad as I'm struggling, God, this undercover agent is smothering me, God. Oh, I can barely breathe, God. I can barely breathe, God. I feel like God is slowly wearing me down, God. He's 
slowly uh, wearing me down like a monkey on my back, like a gorilla on my back, God. The burden is becoming too heavy, God, to carry, God. Trying to carry the weight of myself, trying to carry the weight of my family, trying to carry the weight and the purpose of God, God. Now I got the undercover agent, God, on my back as well. God, I need help, God. I don't have enough strength to carry all of this. You have got to help me, God. This is why I struggle with love, God. This is why, God. I'm not good enough, God, with all of my issues that I have, God. Who's going to love me, God, with these type of issues, God? Oh, God, you got to understand, God. I'm a foul individual. There is nothing good dwelling in this flesh, God. Who can look past all of my issues, God? Who can look past all of my mistakes, God? All of my errors, God, all of my sins, all of my transgressions. And love me for me. Will I ever be good enough for somebody to just love me for me? I'm tired of the rejection, God. You know, people are with me for a little while, but then they find a reason, God, to dump me. They find a reason, God, to get rid of me. They find a reason why I'm not good enough to stick by me, to stick and stay with me, God. This is why I struggle with relationship, God, uh, because my mother wasn't present in my life, God. This is why I still deal with the fear, because she was absent, God. She might have been there physically, God, but to, to help me, God, embrace my emotions and to understand my emotions, God. The emotions side of myself, the soulless side of myself, God. I don't know how to properly process through what I feel, God. And because of this, it challenges people to stay with me, God. They think that I'm an emotional wreck, God. They think all I do is stay in my emotions, God. And so they feel like, God, I'm too much to deal with, God. So the actions of my mother has affected me of having healthy, proper relationship. And there we say the actions of my father has affected me as well because my father was not present, though he might have been there physically, but again, he has not taught me. He hasn't not affirm me on who I am, told me you are the apple of my eye, boy. You are the apple of my eye, you beautiful princess. I struggle with my identity, God. And because of that, God, again, God, I'm struggling with having healthy, proper relationships. And because of the absence of my father, I find myself dealing with anger. I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. And because I'm angry, God, I'm susceptible to dealing with thoughts of jealousy, envy, this, this undercover agent keeps hanging away. Every time I think I got it under control, this undercover agent shifts another way that I wasn't familiar with or shifts and goes another way that I was not even thinking about. But finding a way to hold me down, finding a way to keep me bound, finding a way to keep me tied up. Oh, this unfamiliar thing or this familiar thing. But yet it is an undercover agent that keeps stopping me from having healthy relationships. I can't even have intimate conversations with folk. Uh, I find myself dealing with suspicion all the time. If I tell them something dear to my heart, why and what are they going to do with it, God? It's the undercover agent whispering in my ear, causing me to be suspicious. Uh, oh, saying, you know, they're going to tell somebody my business. Uh, listen, somebody already know your business. That's what you got to understand. Why do you think the enemy is able to fight you according to what you think nobody knows? Because somebody already knows your business uh, and the enemy just wants you to operate in this suspicious mindset, being suspicious of people, hindering you from having healthy, proper, intimate relationship. Oh, you gotta cause this undercover agent. You gotta evict him. You gotta evict him. You gotta evict him. You gotta evict her. I, I want you to see. You, you, you see what's, what's, what's 
beneath me. You see what keeps peeking out from behind me, right? Uh, in the most inopportune time, uh, I feel like I finally got myself together. You know, gonna get myself together. Let the Lord make it better. Oh, I'm looking good. I'm feeling good about myself. Uh, my hair is done right. You got to understand. I'm back in school, feeling good about myself. Uh, trying to accomplish some things. Uh, I'm working on the plan. I, I'm becoming who God says I'm supposed to be. I'm finally gonna walk away from fear and step out on what God said. I'm gonna open the business. I'm gonna go apply for the house. I'm gonna get my credit right. I'm gonna apply for the business license. I'm going back to school. But but when I least expect that the undercover agent seems to poke his head out, seems to reappear. And I'm like, no, I just started doing good, man. No, man, not now. Have you ever been there where you're saying to yourself and you, but you're really talking to the undercover agent? Not now. I'm, 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 I'm doing the best that I've ever done in my life. I'm really making progress that I can track myself. And people are speaking to me about my project. Now I'm really feel good because somebody else notices and somebody else recognizes the work that I've been putting in. But all of a sudden, here comes the undercover agent. Oh, I wish I had some help right there trying to hinder me from having proper, healthy, intimate relationships. Without trying to mess up stuff, I'm messing it up. <laughs> Do you know somebody and can you believe? I didn't even go with the intent to mess it up. Listen, that's not what I said. Well, that's not what I meant. You know, when you spoke something to somebody and they misinterpreted by the time the words left your mouth and got to their ear gates, right? It was all twisted by the prince of the air, right? And you said to yourself, that's not what I said. That's not what I even meant. Okay, 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 okay. I was not trying to say that. I, this is what what I really was trying to say. Can it be that I'm just struggling to confess or struggling to actually communicate the very thing that I'm thinking or feel? You got to understand, I don't know how to properly deal with what I feel. So just bear with me. Be patient. They tell me love is patient. Love is kind. So be patient while I work through on processing on how to say this thing so that it does not bring confusion to you so that you don't look at me in a negative light, but you can understand I'm somebody working through what I feel. Huh? I'm trying I'm trying to get it right. I'm trying to say it right so that I can eventually do it right so that I can make good on what it is that I spoke. I just need you to be a little patient with me. Be kind to me while I'm working through this process and not to mention God is processing me at the same time. I got my own process I'm working through, but at the same time, God himself is processing me. I just need you to be patient with me. I just need you to be kind with temper your words, temper your attitude towards me and just get, show me a little bit of understanding that's all I just be understanding because you don't understand this undercover agent he's taking what you're saying he's taking your perspective of me, your perspective about me, and he's causing me to feel shame. He's causing me to feel guilty. Like, I, it's my fault. You know what? We're having this argument because it's my fault. You feel the way you feel because it's my fault. You're looking at me the way you look because it's my fault. When reality, it is the prince of the air who has twisted our words to make you believe I said this when I really said this right here. I, I wish somebody would rise up when the enemy is trying to bring confusion in the midst of your conversation. I wish somebody will rise up and rebuke the enemy and will plead the blood over your words and will begin to pray and say, devil, the Lord God rebukes you and the hand of God binds you. You will not lose the spirit of the vision in this place. Oh no, but we're going to have clarity of mind, clarity of speech. We shall have understanding. Oh yes. Uh, he said, get understanding, get understanding and all you're getting, get understanding. We are going to have understanding. 
I wish I had help right there. You, you got to understand this undercover agent, right? This undercover agent, he tells us, he tells us, now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but the sin is the undercover agent that dwells in me. He said, I find in a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. He said, I find then along that when I would do good, this word would is the same interpretation as to will prior in verse number 18. When I would do good, when I go with the intent, the, the desire, the love to do good, right? When I would do good, evil is present with me. This word evil in the Greek is talking about it's of the mode of thinking, feeling, acting. So evil manifests itself in my psyche, in my thought process, evil manifests itself, right? And we're showing you evil. It is a component of a soul. It is a component of a soul. Manifests itself in the soul because your thinking represents the mind. Your feeling represents the heart. The acting represents the will. All components of the soul, evil is made manifest in the soul of a man, in the soul of a woman. He said, but listen, 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 listen. He said, I find in the law that when I would do good, Evil is present with me. Evil. A certain mode of thinking, a certain mode of, of feeling, and a certain mode of acting. It is present with me. This word present in the Greek talks about it lies near. It is close. It is in close proximity. Now the good, I can't find that. But the evil reveals itself. It is always seen and it is always close. What he's saying, it's, it's always close. When I go to do good, evil is always present saying, standing up. Remember, one of the definitions for the word stand is to stand before others, stand with us, or to be seen, to be made present, right? Evil is standing up. This undercover agent of sin coupled with evil is standing up, right? And some of us are vertically challenged. You get to understand what I'm saying. Sometimes evil stands are quite taller than you and I. Sometimes the agent, the undercover agent of sin stands quite taller than you and I because this thing has been growing over the years. And listen, it don't grow how you grow. And, and, and truth be told, you and I, we stop growing at a certain age, but you got to understand. Sin, when it is full grown, full grown, it brings about what? Death. It's growing until it dies. So you and I have a point where we stop growing, but evil and sin is still growing. Now it towers over you. Oh, Lord, help me, Holy Ghost. I, 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 I can't see if sin or the undercover agent were to stand in front of me. It is blocking my view. I can't see now because it's too big for me to see over, standing too high for me to see over. It's wide enough that I can't see around it. But it's present. What I'm not confused about is that evil is present. And there were times, there were some of us, we try to act like evil is not present. Oh, no, I don't care how much you try to deceive yourself. That evil is not that it's present. That little bump in the night you heard. Oh, no, that's not a figment of your imagination. That was evil making itself present, revealing itself. Yes, in the midnight hour when you felt the spirit of terror, that was evil making itself present. Yes, that racism that you've experienced, that prejudice that you've experienced, evil making itself present. All you got to do is just 
Be real with yourself. Stop playing games with yourself because there were some of us we don't want to believe in the unseen. Uh, we don't think the unseen is more real than the actual visible. The unseen is, listen, is the place where the actual scene came from. The unseen is far more real than the things that you see. Those things that are temporal. Listen, they're only here for a while. All right? But those, those unseen, those invisible scenes, they are eternal. He says, I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present. When you said the right thing, evil was present, though. That's why even though you said the right thing, you still got the results you got because evil was You can walk somebody through the course of your day, not leaving out any points, being, being, I'm talking about just being completely truthful. But because evil was present, they're going to figure a way how to poke holes in what you said to make it be that you're lying. Why? Because evil was always present. It, it, the responsibility now of evil, since we're talking about standing in love, the responsibility of evil is to keep you from standing, abiding, being present, standing with others, having love, being entertaining, being welcoming to others, having intimate relationship, intimate intercourse, conversation with others. That is the responsibility of evil now. Do you understand? Even when we, you, you were in the church house, sitting on the front row, evil was present right there, sitting right in the seat next to you. When, when, think about it. When you go lay down in the bed next to your spouse, evil got in on the other side of the bed next to your spouse. For some of you, you are laying between your spouse and evil. Evil is right there in the bed with you. That's why being intimate, but you can have an evil thought about somebody while you're trying to be intimate with your spouse, but an evil thought comes about somebody all oh, because evil was present right there. God forbid for us men, your wife has female issues and she can't, you know what I'm saying, get down to business with you. You understand what I'm saying? And how the enemy brings evil thoughts and evil feelings because if you don't cast down the evil thoughts, those evil thoughts eventually turn into real evil emotions or real evil feelings. This is why you catch eyes for somebody. And this is why you will start having secret conversations because you've been, remember sin, it entangles you. You've been tied up into something, wrapped into something. And you're trying to figure out how did I get here? I was just talking, just trying to be nice. But they told you how good your perfume smelled. And, and, and she told you how good your cologne smelled. And they told you they like your outfit. And, and you like that compliment. And now you find yourself struggling because the power of memory, you remember that compliment. They notice you. They paid attention to you. And all you've been wanting your spouse to do is pay attention to you. Compliment you. Let you know that you matter. <laughs> Evil was present. You know, women, you know, my wife tells me all the time, she said, why is it that you, you be nice, you be cordial to a man, you just say hi. 
And they think you're high. Man, you was trying to say, I want to give you the digits. And eventually, I want to drop them draw for you. No, I was just being cordial. I just said hi. I know that's how my wife tells me to be working. I'd be like, huh? I said, well, I ain't that type of man where a woman say hi to me uh, that I just automatically think she, she, oh, I should be thinking I want to get with her. Now, it's going to be a different story if she's my flavor. You, you, you understand? <laughs> if she's my flavor, it's going to be a different story. I might be thinking something. And if I ain't careful, I might start feeling something. Oh, I know y'all want me to back up out of that, but I'm going to get a little closer. You say, oh, no, that's the reality of what we deal with. I know you want me to stop. <laughs> but I won't stop until you get enough. I, I, it's the reality of what you could because evil is always present. I'm going to say what I'm going to say because I'm going to get it out of my head. Yeah, and I'm going to repent after I say this because I know I shouldn't be doing this. But hey, I'm a man. I don't see all women as trees. I, 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 listen. I, I, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. What? You better stop playing with that devil because evil is present. And don't think that people can't tell when you have not been in an intimate space with your spouse. Oh, oh, people can tell. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost to discern. It's a gift. The gifts and callings come without repentance. It is a gift. You got to be safe for folk to discern that you haven't been in no intimate time with your spouse. Ooh. And some of y'all folk can sniff you. They, they sniffing it on you. They can smell it on you. That you're thirsty. That you're hungry. They can smell it on you. I can remember before my wife and I got married, an apostle would give the hard words. God would say, you better flee fornication. You better run, for, literally run for your life. And the various testimonies that we would hear from the women of God, how people, I'm talking about driving on the highway. Different times, men on the highway would expose themselves to the women as they trying to come from Greensboro to come to church. Men would expose themselves. This is how bad the enemy was after some of the women of God. Because what could he smell? You single, you got a heart for God, but your flesh, oh, your flesh want to mingle. Your flesh want to be scratched. Your flesh want some attention. And right now, being at the altar is not the attention that your flesh requires right now. It is not the attention that your flesh desires right now. But the truth be told, it is the exact attention that you need. You need the hand of God to be on you. You need God to put his hands on you. Like the old folks say, lay your hands on me, Jesus, I don't mind. Lay your hands on me, Jesus, I don't mind. That right, yeah, some of y'all need Jesus to lay his hands on you. <laughs> but you gotta come to the mindset where you don't mind him laying his hands on you. Because evil is present. Somebody can smell your struggle. Oh, somebody is, can sniff out your struggle. Yeah. They know exactly where you are empty in your love bank. They, they can smell it. They can sip it out. They see it. They notice it. They pay attention to it. And they are just waiting by time. Evil is always present. Always present. He says, What? For I delight the law of God after the inward man, that spirit man, 
has the delight to please God, rejoices in God. Also, this ember man can also be looked at as the mindset, right? This is what Paul tells us in chapter number 12. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. This has to be renewed. I can no longer interpret the world through my carnal nature or this sinful nature. I've got to move about this world. Be in it, but not of it. Be in it, but not of it. I do that with a transformed mind. How do our mind get transformed? By the word of God, by spending time with God. This is listen. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. There was another law in my members. I see it. He recognized it as, as this law of sin, right? It, it's working. It's warring against the law of my mind, the spirit of my mind. The Bible says, you've been in the spirit of your mind, right? You've been in the spirit of your mind. Spirit of the mind. It's warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. The law of sin, the undercover agent, abides in your members. This sinful nature. It is an undercover agent that is hindering us from having the proper relationships, the healthy, intimate relationship that God says we're supposed to have, that we can stand in love. And this is why Paul, he says, oh, 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 wretched man. He says, oh, wretched man. This old wretched man that I am. What Paul is really saying when he identifies himself as a wretched man, the turmoil and the trouble that I experience when my relationships are not what they're supposed to be. And see, the reality, God has created all of humankind. Part of his intelligent design, intelligent purpose was to create you for relationships. Most of us are not being honest, truthful about the troubles you feel. And this is what Paul is saying, oh, wretched man that I am. The afflictions that I'm having to endure, the toils and troubles that I'm having to endure because my relationships are not right. So you don't talk about the pain that you feel. The hurt of feeling rejected, the hurt of feeling overlooked and people looking past you and not looking upon you, not talking to you, but talking over you and talking around you, not choosing you first sometimes. You, you don't talk about the truth of how it makes you feel. You want us to believe that you're okay with always being chosen second. No, don't choose me after you choose your TV show. Don't choose me after you choose that person to talk to. Don't choose me after you you choose the game. Don't choose me after choosing to hang with your homeboy or talk to your homegirl. I want to know that I matter. Can I be first one day? Can I be first? You're not talking about how this hurts you. Why you could walk away from me and, and, and feel like life is better over there in those so-called greener pastures. What is it about me that you feel the time that you've had with me is no longer good enough? I'm no longer sufficient for you. What is it that has happened that makes you look at me in a different light now? I'm still me. The last time that I checked, I'm still me. I still love God. I still desire God. I still want relationship. What is it about me that you no longer desire me? What why am I no longer your? Because they stop desiring God. Oh, 
wretched man. We see you're struggling because you're dealing with the trouble and affliction that comes with not having intimate, healthy, proper relationships. This is why it becomes so easy to isolate yourself and, and, and to fall by the wayside, even though you're not trying to fall. When you've unlinked yourself from the brotherhood or the sisterhood, it becomes too easily to fall. That man, that woman that was on your left and your right side, they have balanced you. They have hold you up when you were weak, when your ankle bones and your knees were weak. They have held you up. And when you retreat into isolation, you are moving away from your help. Jesus, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? There's an undercover agent. There's an undercover agent that's trying to kill you. Sin, when it is full grown, it brings forth death. The sin that abides is still growing. And it's trying to kill me in the process of it growing. I tell you something God told me. You better get back to what you used to say, Lincoln. Your soul is on the line. Your soul, your soul just like my soul, is on the line. There was an undercover agent working on the inside under the cover of your flesh. You need the people that are in your life. Stop deceiving yourself like you don't need folk. You need folk. Just like you need Jesus, you need folk. Folk denoting plural, plurality, the Trinity, plurality. So it proved that you need more than Jesus. You need the Father and you need the Holy Spirit. You don't just need Jesus. You need all of the, I need all the Trinity. I need all the angels in heaven. Yes, I do. I need the angels that look like human beings. I need every part of the kingdom I'd like to help me. You need folks. Yeah. He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God. There comes a place where you can thank God. Oh, I thank God. Even though there was an undercover age, I still got my praise. Oh, hallelujah. Because what I know about God, God is a God that changeth not. If he's been my present help before, he will remain my present help. Uh, he will hear me and deliver me out of all the much. I thank my Lord, Jesus Christ. He says, so there with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. My spirit man, my desire to serve God. But the flesh it is also going to intend to serve the law of sin. It is going to yield, try to yield to this undercover agent. Feed your spirit, man, and starve this flesh. Feed your spirit, man, with the word of God, the encounters and experiences with God, praise, worship, but also feed your spirit, man, by abiding in the company of other believers the love of other believers, and starve this flesh. I implore you, I beseech you, I am shifting, I am now called Paul Nelson. <laughs> I beseech you by the mercies of God to starve your flesh, but feed your spirit, man. I pray that this word was encouraging to you on this morning. I pray that something stuck with you that, that will help you change and, and stand in love. Because we need you to stand in love as God is calling us to build lives through love. Amen. 
Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchoffila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchoffila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.